morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, we're, we, we love the king here this morning. Hey, uh, just, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a lifestyle of prayer, but before we do, I just got to say, man, we had a great weekend last weekend. Come on, I know that there are many people's lives that are touched forever. We had people, I need the handheld, someone bring me the handheld mic. And, uh, and then also we know that, uh, I hope Josh didn't go to the bathroom with it, but anyway. But, okay, now he's back, all right. But uh, uh, one of the things that, you know, that I saw, I've talked to many people that, I mean, God just really touched their lives. And we had people that had questions and had never experienced anything like that. You can bring that to me, man of God. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the incredible thing is, is that, you know, in those, po- in those moments as a pastor, we just want to pastor you and just help you and answer questions and, and uh, just help you to understand because, you know, we've, we've been here for 15 years and we believe that God has great things for this area. We believe that God has great things for people and we believe in the miracle working power of God. Amen. And we believe that God still works miracles. God still does things. We had people just get touched this week. People got filled with the Holy Spirit. People just felt, uh, I, I was talking to uh, Sean. He said, man, I, he was like, I, you know, I was just laying in my bed. And, man, I just started, and the presence of God came over me. I couldn't even move. And, you know, we all have, you know, and it's like, I think we should all have experiences with God. Not just an emotional experience where God supernaturally just comes and you go, that's unexplainable, but I know it was God. Amen? And I want, Kay, Miss Kay, why don't you come up real quick? And I just, I know that, um, is it on? Okay. That's on. I just want Miss Kay, I was standing in the back and, and uh, Brother Keith just said, hey, if there's anybody that have neck pains or anything like that, just come on up. And, and I was standing in the back and I saw God physically, I mean, from from a distance, I saw God physically touch her. So I just, I asked her, I just hey, would you mind just sharing this morning? She said, no. Anyway, <laughs> so go ahead, Miss Kate. Just, let, just tell us what God did to you. you know, uh, don't, don't, just whatever. I'll be glad to tell you what God did for me. What an awesome God we serve. Oh, yes, I um, was feeling pretty bad. I had a sinus headache, I guess, for like three weeks and my head just wouldn't stop hurting and and my neck was so stiff I couldn't move good and it was very uncomfortable for me and uh, before our conference I I, um, got down on my knees and I asked the Lord to search my heart and he told me you search your heart so me and him was searching my heart. And I repented of a lot of things that I needed to repent of. Because I know that he watches me. He sees every step that I take. He knows every thought that I think. He lives inside of me. Oh, I love the Lord with all my heart. I know y'all call this a conference, but I called it a revival. Because it was, it was a renewing, a renewing of my mind, my body, and my spirit. 
Brother Keith, when I went up, he didn't even touch me. <laughs> Good. He, he, he looked like he was, no, I don't want to touch this lady. <laughs> That's what I thought. But anyway, I was standing there and my neck was hurting, you know, and he started, he said, um, you ever been naked? Boy, I, that was the last thing I thought I'd hear, you know. <laughs> That's the last thing I thought I expected to hear from, uh, from him. And uh, then he started laughing, you know, and uh, all of a sudden I realized he said, you're healed. And all of a sudden I realized that I was healed, mm, that God. my neck was free mm. and I could move without pain. And uh, I got home, and I was thinking, why did that man ask me that? Why would he ask me that? And then I, I realized, well, I did get naked before the Lord. I asked him to search me. I asked him to search deep in my soul, and he did. Praise God. And I just want to praise God. And thank him for all that he's done in my life. If you need something, call on the name of the Lord. Serve him and love him with all of your might. All of your mind, body, and soul. And when you walk in this world, each step you think, take, think about, well, he's watching me. And I am a woman of God. And I will act accordingly. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. I was ready to give her my mic. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we've been doing for 14 days now. We've been coming to church and getting here uh, at 6 o'clock and just praying. Till 7 o'clock. And I know that prayer works. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we, we, we've got another seven days that we're going to be coming starting tomorrow morning. We're going to meet, meet here from 6 to 7. And I encourage you. We've had between 20 and 30 people every morning coming and gathering and just praying. And we're believing God to do great things. And we have our prayer guides and, that we have. And it, let, let me just say this. We've been praying over every card. I don't know how many cards we have. Maybe 50, 60 cards. I don't know. If, I don't want to evangelistically speak. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of cards. And if you have some prayer needs, maybe in your life or in your personal, and some things in your family or extended family, just pull up one of those Connect cards this morning and just, you can, and just write the prayer need before you leave and just put it at the, bring it to the kiosk and give it to them. And what we do in the morning, we have all the cards right here with prayer guides and, and just we, we, we pick those cards up and we call out those cards to heaven. So I, I would encourage you to do that. Amen. And we believe in uh, what God is doing. I know uh, Pastor Willem is in Orlando, Florida, preaching this morning. And then uh, Brother Keith was actually awarded a special ambassadorship at the uh, uh, Gerald Ford Library this past week. He's now a doctor, and he's an ambassador. So when he goes to countries all over the world now, ambassadors have to greet him. It's pretty cool. And so uh, I just thought I'd let you know that. So we're actually in our week two, and I want to get with you this morning. We're actually talking about a lifestyle of prayer. We've been talking about how, that we want to pray first. That's what these wristbands are all about. Before we make any decision, before we do anything, we, it, it's just a reminder, you know, that we're, we're going to, before we make a decision, before we do something, we're going to pray first about what God wants us to do. Amen? 
And, and so, you know, we also, we're also, in, like I said, God is asking us to do things that are beyond our human ability and that we need, you know, we need him to accomplish. We need him to show up in our lives and our circumstances to accomplish what he's asking us to pray for. We have, we have God's power. I mean, you know, we have God's power. And not only do we have God's power in our life to pull off what he has called. And, you know, if God's called you to do something, you're going to need his power to pull it off. Amen? And so, you know, praying is getting in touch with the supernatural. And God never intended you to live life just in the natural. He wants you to trust his supernatural power and his ability and to touch us. And God never, you know, God always intended you to live a supernatural life. How many of you believe that? And so... He intended you to, to live only, he didn't intend for us only live in a natural, but it's, it's a life that has his power. And I just want to, I want to say this. If you came to church this morning for the first time, this is your first time outside of your church, but you've been used to coming. I know that, let me just say a couple of things. First of all, maybe you never had the lights get dimmed in your church unless a storm came and the lights went out. You know, maybe you came and you never had a band come and play or or much less a drummer in some churches you know what i'm saying like oh my god a drummer they're beating up the spirits of the devil we don't know you know and and then and then you know it's like and and then you came and and it was just different you know no you weren't kneeling or there wasn't things that you did i know that for many people i grew up in in a lot of different situations i grew up my mother was methodist my dad was baptist his mama was his mama was jehovah witness her mom my mom's mama was charismatic my mama left my dad and married another man he was catholic so i didn't need religion i needed my state of confusion amen and, and so I saw a lot of different things when I visited different places. You know what I'm saying? I actually went to public school. I went to, I went to Episcopal school. I went to, and I graduated from Catholic school in Lafayette. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of experience that I saw. So when I heard about prayer, some prayers were loud. And some prayers I didn't understand because they spoke in other tongues. Some I heard, I, just, I was just around a lot of people. And I saw some was just like, that doesn't seem like prayer. And so this morning, what I want to do, prayer is when heaven touches earth. Amen? And it's like we need, we need that in, in our society. We need heaven touching us. Amen? And so what I want to do is, you know, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, it's going to be posted right here. It says, rejoice always. And it says, and it says give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So another version says that we to pray continually. We're to always have an attitude of prayer. What that means is that we're constantly dependent upon God during the day. Our prayer, our rally cry for these last couple of weeks is what? Pray first, right? To pray first. So what happens is when you wake up, what should you do? Pray. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all say it. what? Pray. pray first. It's two words, all right? Say it. Wait. If you wake up, you all right. Before you make decisions, you. Okay. Before you pull out the credit card in that store, you. You're going to pray first, honey. You know, it's two words. Don't worry about it, men. All right. Two words. Pray first, baby. But, uh, you know, what would it look like if you brought God into every situation? Wouldn't your life look a little different? You know, uh, if, you, if, you, if you grab, if, before you leave, grab a pray first wristband. I don't know, I might see you at Walmart, like I've seen some people and can't, they don't have time to talk to them, and they go. <laughs> You're praying first, you know what I mean? But the, the incredible thing is, is that, you know, the, the Bible in the, in the New Living Translation says this. It says this. It says, never stop praying. Well, 
Well, how do you do that, Pastor Bubba? I mean, it means in every situation, I'm going to bring God into it. I'm just, God, you're in it. You know, it's like, you know, Smith Wigglesworth is a guy that I really like. And uh, he, is, uh, he was actually a plumber that, that got converted in England. And uh, when I was in England last time, I had a lot of people went and looked at, went to his gravesite and the church where he was from and everything else. And, and, and he said, this is what he said about prayer. He said, I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. See, it's not just an event you do in the morning. It's not a token that you do before you eat. Are you with me? You know, in every situation, you know, it's like I found this, that about 10% of people enjoy praying, but the rest of the people are frustrated and how to pray, what to pray, and even what is prayer all about? I'm even talking about. And, And I believe this. I believe that many of you have never been taught how to pray. You've been to different churches, but you've never been. Now, you might have been taught how to recite prayers and memorize them. And it, whatever comes up, you just go, you know, whatever. You know, it's like that. Maybe dark, maybe scary. I ain't afraid because I got my plastic Mary on the dashboard of my car. You know what I mean? It's not a prayer. It's an old country and western song, you know. You have to go way back. You know, but the, the most important thing is, is that, that for us, y'all don't get off on that. I got a Boudreaux joke down the road, but just wait. It should be a discipline. It should, you know, and, and when I say that, it shouldn't stay a discipline. It should be a joy. You know, why, do you, why are we doing 21 days of prayer? Because we, we know that it takes 21 days to create a habit, and it takes 21 days to break a habit. And then part of that is that we want people, we want people to have an enjoyment in their walk with God. And it's not just coming, up, it's not just coming and filling up a, a, a seat on Sunday morning. It's about having time with God all day long where you're aware of his presence. You're aware of his ability to do what he can, what he can only do. Like for Miss Kay, I was back there and I saw her do her neck goes like that. And I'm like, whoa. And, you know, it's like, and, 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 you know, I remember now, I remember when Brother Keith said, have you ever been naked? You know, everybody went. And I was in the back going, I have. I got six kids. <laughs> but the most important thing, listen, unless you get naked in God or naked in the physical with your mate, you're never going to produce an offspring of anything. And see, God wants to produce fruit in our lives. And for us, it's coming and literally going, God, here I am. Like Miss Kay said, here I am. Thank you, God, for this morning. Thank you that I can come. There's a new joy. There's new excitement that I can depend upon you this morning. When you get out of bed and going, you know, I got to go check. Man. Oh, got to make the coffee. Just, man, Lord, thank you. Before I go make that coffee, I thank you that you're here with me. You reminded me of your presence even this morning. That you want to hang out with me. You know God enjoys hanging out with you. Some of you didn't say amen loud enough. But so that means some of you. So, see, wouldn't it be great if you learned to enjoy prayer? Three people. All right. Two weeks ago, Pastor Josh here at this campus and I at the Crowley campus, we talked about how to pray. If you, if you haven't listened to the message, you need to go back and listen to the message that we preach and listen to it. And we learn from the master himself. And that's Jesus. Amen. He taught us, and, and we went through, you know, the Lord's Prayer and how you break that down. And we printed out books for you to have. And it's not, it's not, they're not prayer books. It's just a guideline so you can learn to pray the Lord's Prayer. And then you can use that. It kind of reminds me of a lot of people's prayer life. It's kind of like Boudreaux. Y'all heard about Boudreaux the other day. 
He got pulled over by the Louisiana State Police. And he was swerving in the road. And the officer says, man, Boudreaux, what, what happened? What, what, you're swerving all the road. He goes, we're going to have to do a breathalyzer on you. He said, oh, man, I can't do no breathalyzer on me. I got, I got asthma. If I suck in that thing, it, I might die. And he said, well, then if we can't do that. Then we're going to have to do a blood test. Oh, man, you can't do no blood test. I'm a hemophiliac. I bleed to death. Well, we're going to take you down to the station, and not, we're going to make you take a pee-pee test. Oh, I can't do no pee-pee test me. I'm diabetic. Well, he said, well, really, all we're going to get you to do is walk this line anyways. Man, I can't do that either. I'm drunk. <laughs> Y'all get that later. Anyway, some of you. That was just to wake some people up. Today, I want you to enjoy prayer, and I want to teach you very practically how you can enjoy prayer. Is that all right? And see, because we're kind of like Boudreaux. I can't do that. I can't do this. And God's saying, no, let me just show you what you can do. See, Luke says it like one day Jesus told the disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. You know what? The, the thing is, when they came to the master, when they came to Jesus, remember they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because what they were so blown away by is that he didn't pray like the other religious people. He had a passion. And there was something inside him. He said, man, we want to pray like that. See, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. It's not a fire alarm or rescue 911. We're going to act like, we're going to act like, you know, we're going to ask God. And you see what we do, instead of asking God first, we ask God to bail us out. We're not going to act, we're, we're going to act first, then we're going to ask God. See, let me just say, for many of us in the South, we grew up in church. How many of you I'm talking about? Okay, let me ask, how many of you were made to go to church when you were a kid? Come on. I mean, when I was a kid, my mom, that's when they had dippity-doo. You remember that? Yeah, I mean, my, that's the only week, day of the week I got dippity-doo in my hair. I mean, she'd get that goop stuff and go. <laughs> it looked like it was wet continually. Yeah, right. You know, Damon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those days have passed, son. Yeah, you're follically challenged. But anyway, but, but what happens is, is what happened is, you know, it's like you got your best, and you went to a Sunday school, and I met, I met the Wicked Witch of the East one time. She was so mean, she wouldn't get my quarter. You, you know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've had different experiences, you know? And, and, and it's like I remember playing with my Hot Wheel in the, in the pew one time, me and my brother Todd. And my mom, you, she, your mom ever pull out the claw in church? You know, where she comes in, and she's got those longer fingernails, and she grabs you behind right here, and just, and you go, and I remember she grabbed my little brother one time. Ah, oh, that hurts, Mom! She, the whole church, you know what I mean? And so my experience was just going there. You know what I mean? It was just, and then it's like, I knew God was good. I, I mean, I knew that thing. But you, know, but, you know, the thing is, if you check the spiritual box on a Sunday, a lot of people in the South say, I'm spiritual. You can't go in the bar I mean, if you go in a bar and you cuss Jesus' name, you might, get in a, you might get hit or beat up for cussing Jesus. Amen? How many of y'all were there last night? Saw, no. Anyway. We, we have had a hard time getting what happens on Sunday morning to happen Monday through Saturday. And see, what happens is, is that God never intended us to be Sunday Christians. Amen? 
What do you want? The goal of today's message is this. It's one word. It's remain. It's just remain. Remain. If you look with me in John chapter 15, in, in, in verses 4 and 5, and it's going to be on the screen. Look what it says. The first word. What does it say up there? The first word. It says, remain in me, and I will what? Remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you what? In me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If any man what? Remains in me, and I in him. He will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, you notice when you remain in Christ, that all things are possible. But everything just works better when you remain in him. And, and see, what I want to do is I want to teach you real quickly, and not, not super quick, but quick, okay? Because you got you to watch your words in church. And they pull up their, their, their watch. Hey, pastor, hey, he wants to donate his watch in the offering basket. Anyway, just. <laughs> the first thing is uh, we want to talk about a lifestyle prayer. There's four principles of having a life. The first thing I want you to do it's the priority of prayer. What does that mean, Pastor? All of us need to determine what our priorities are. What are your priorities? I'll tell you what. Those are the things you're going to do. put first in your life. Whatever you do, that's your priority. What you do first in your life. I know how that is. I, I like to hunt. I like to fish. And I know that sometimes around this time of the year, we only have two weeks till teal season. And I've got to watch my priorities. I'm serious. I'm looking in my closet, and I'm going, man, i got to get some, you know, some two and three-quarter inch shells, you know, five shot, maybe some six shot. You know, I'm thinking all these things. And then Luke, you know, he's my disciple. He's been with me since he's four years old, hunting out in the field with me. He's my retriever. He's everything. And so I'm making sure he's hooked up. We're talking about it. We're getting, getting passion. We can't wait, can't wait for those wings that jet by your ear and just, and you go, and the guys are getting excited. Don't leave yet. Anyway. And so I get excited because I grew up doing that, and I guide people. And, and it's fun to watch people when they get excited or they've never experienced that before. And it's like, but during that time of the year, I have to put my priorities in the right place. I mean, my wife, there'll be times like, It'll be weeks, she goes, you know what? You've been gone every morning. Really? No, I didn't go. Yeah, you did. You went late. Oh, you know, and it's like she's not mad at me. She goes, you know, baby, you got other people around here in this house. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, man, you know what I'm talking about. Or you back up that fishing boat. You know, you hadn't been here in three months. Oh, baby, I've been here Monday through Friday, but not Saturday and Sunday. You've been in that bass boat, baby. And by the way, I shot a hole in it last night. I was so frustrated. So you better get out your bondo kit. You know what I mean? It's our priorities. Come on. I, come on. I'm not done. with. I'm not done. I'm going to get on the women. Come on. How about them garage sales? Baby, you, I got up this morning to look for the bacon. I mean, the bacon was still cold. You were out that garage sale. I mean, yeah, baby, but they had, they had the garage sale of garage sales. I don't know what your thing is, but can I tell you something? I've learned this. When I put God as my priority, everything just works better. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? But see, you need to make an appointment. I'll just say this. Prayer works all the time, but there's something about the power when it's the first thing in the morning and it's a priority. I think it just makes the rest of your day go by better. 
It makes the rest of your week go by better. You know, if, if you just, it's because it, we know that the pace of this life is so fast. And see, the tithe is not about the amount. It, it, it's about the order. My first fruits. It's my first fruits. Or the first in my life. That, God, I put you first in my life. I'm not talking about just that. But see, what it is, it's about the order. It, it communicates to God that I have put, put the first place. In, I put you first place in my life and in my finances, and you have first place. It's a statement. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Bubba? See, you know, it's, it's kind of like this. It's like when your, kids got, when your kids get hurt and they fall down or something happens to them, they come running, Daddy. Usually it's mama, because mama knows how to fix everything. But if you're around, because I've had my kids and go, Dad, they're crying. They say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. What, Dad? <laughs> Let's pray. Okay. And I just pray for them. God, I pray that you would help them. You would be with them. You would comfort them. You would take the pain away. I know it hurts, but Lord, <laughs> yeah, it hurts, Dad. Okay, let's pray. And and you pray for them, and then you know what you do? Then you can go to the medicine cabinet. You know what? You're teaching them priorities. Because when we walk through pain, when we walk through different things, that our priority should always be we go to God. Amen. See, when you get sick in your body, you ought to go to God. When you have trouble in your finances, you ought to go to God. When, you, when, when your relationship is not doing well, you need to go to God and say, just like Miss Kay, God, search my heart. That's a scripture. Search my heart, oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Because I've learned this. In relationships, there's one or two things you can do. You can walk in pride, and you cut off God being able to speak to you, and you cut off your mate being able to, re- to receive from you or even communicate. Or you can humble yourself. How many of you want all of heaven? Come on, come on. The rest of you, what do you want? You know, I used to go pray for people and on the streets because I worked on the streets across America for eight and a half years. And one of my prayers was, man, can you just pray for me? And I said, yeah, and I pray prayers like this sometimes. And I say, Lord, I just pray you would help them. But, Lord, make them miserable until they come to that point where they surrender 100% to you. And they go, man, why would you pray that prayer over me? Went, my pastor went down and was praying, Lord, I just pray you would help this, this, this drunk man so he can hear you and go, shh, don't tell God I'm drunk. <laughs> it's true. It's when we put our priorities in the right place. Are y'all hearing me? It's our priorities. What are your priorities? I can't, I don't have osmosis to, to tell you I can see all your priorities, but I tell you what, it's what you invest in, it's what you spend your time in. Those are your priorities. Before man, you want to be a good daddy, go to God. Have other men in your life. You want to be a good mama, you didn't have a good example. Find godly women that can give you a good example, but go to God and say, God, I see these qualities in them. Help me. Help me to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control. I need all the self-control I can have. And, you know, and, and a lot of you were delivered this, this past week because kids started school. Amen? And moms are in revival right now. But, you know, there came a point where they had this, this king that came, and he made, he made a declaration. He says, you can only bow down. And serve me, the king, and worship me. If you bow down to anything else, you're going to die. 
And I'm going to pick up right here in Daniel. Here's an example of Daniel. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day. I want you to understand. How many times a day? Three times a day he got, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. And look what it said. You need to underline this and if you have your Bible. It says, just as, he done, we, just as he had done before. What does that mean? That means that he had uh, he made prayer a priority. You see, he had developed a habit of prayer. The time, this time belongs to you, God. I don't care what decree, what they say. I, I, I saw just the other day, they had a Christian, they had in, uh, in Mississippi, they had a band that can't play any songs or Christian songs anymore in the band. And so what happened, they had their first game or jamboree just recently. And what happened, they, the, the band came out where they normally play this song, and they, they stopped. They couldn't play it. They were court ordered not to play it by a federal judge. But the cool thing is the people in the stands knew the song, and one lady got up and stood up, and she started singing the song by herself. And by the end of the whole thing, all the people in the band, they were all singing. Because the judge said you can't play, but he didn't say you can't sing. And see, you know what? I believe that you, for you and I, Daniel had made this a time. And sometimes, can I just say something? Sometimes you have to make an appointment with God. What do you mean? Keep it. Make an appointment with God and keep your appointment with him. Guess what? Everybody got one of these. Can I just, God, put, can I just say, why don't you put God on your calendar? Why don't you, on your calendar, and go in there and just put, hey, time with God today. I'm going to pray first. So when you go to your faith, when you go to this, it says, pray first. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put God, and I'm going to pray first. Come on. How many of you need to make a calendar and make an appointment with God? Come on. Make an appointment this week. Can I just give you a challenge? Make an appointment with God. You see, Here's, here's the application for you. you have seven, we have seven days left of our 21 days of pray first. I encourage you these next seven days. Just to, it's just a challenge. The challenge is that you, you put God on your appointment book and you get up every morning and you say, God, here I am again. I'm here to, I'm here to pray. And the second thing I want you to understand about prayers is the place of prayer. You need to have a place. See, the Bible talks about Jesus prayed in certain places. You know, he, he, had a, a, he had a prayer. He had a prayer place. Some Christians say, well, I went and prayed in my closet. What the, I have a prayer closet. And some people, I used to hear that and go, you got a closet? You go praying? When I traveled a lot all over America, I remember one time I stayed at this guy's house, and he literally had a closet. There, he would go pray in, and he had pillows and stuff in there. And he had like a, he had like a, a picture of Jesus, and it wasn't a regular picture. It was one of those pictures where Jesus is going. You know, and I'm like, wow, he's, he's got a happy Jesus picture. You know what I mean? You know, I shouldn't go into prayer, but he literally had a closet. But closet, what that really means is your place, that you have a place to pray. I can't sit in a closet because I move too much. I get distracted. I start looking what kind of carpet, what the smell is, the wall. They need to paint that wall. They should have done that to this. I'm, I just get distracted. So for me, because of my personality, I like to walk around or I like to pace. 
Uh, there are times I've gotten on my knees, but, you, you know, it's like when I've gone in the morning to read my Bible or pray, and, but I feel, I feel that when I get on my knees, sometimes I end up, if I'm leaning against a couch or a chair, I end up doing this. Lord, you're so good. Man, oh God. You wake up with drool, and, and, and then you feel bad, and you go, God, forgive me. I fell asleep. I didn't mean to fall asleep. You know what I'm talking about? It, and so there's got to be different, you know, there's a place. And, 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 you know, Mark says that very early in the morning, that's, that's what he did. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place. And it says where he prayed. Most scholars believe it was the Garden of Gethsemane. It was a place where Jesus went to pray. The many people, many scholars feel like that. It wasn't the first time that Jesus had ever gone and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before his night a betrayal, that night of betrayal, but what, well, before we went to the cross. And the cool thing is I've never been there, but I've heard that from the Garden of Gethsemane, it's got a great vantage point. You can see all of Jerusalem. So I don't know that if he prayed, while he was praying, he was praying for the people in Jerusalem, knowing what was going to happen in Jerusalem. And see, I, I want to encourage you to find a place. And, 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 and let me just say this. Before you pick this up in the morning, because you know what they say, that people nowadays, they have a virtual reality place that they go to. It's not a place of reality, but it's a virtual place. Because you get up in the morning, and you check your Facebook. And you go to a different reality. Because Facebook isn't reality. I mean, you know, some of you go, really? The internet is not reality. What I'm saying is, before you get on this that you go and you find a place, I encourage you to find a place where you let your mind and your heart go and let it go to God. That you find that place. The third thing is you need the plan of prayer. What, what do you mean, Pastor? Anytime you're going to have a relationship, you need to have a plan. Amen? How many of you know it's better to plan a date before you go on the date than when you're when you, with your wife or you pick up a date and go, where are we going? I don't know. Where do you want to go? You know, then you go, where are we going? My wife would rather me, let me just say, you take care of the babysitter and don't tell me where we're going, make it a surprise. Because when I don't have my act together, I'll go, hey, where do you want to go? She goes, baby, I don't know. Where do you want to go? I've learned this. If I don't make a plan, thank God for navigation on vehicles nowadays. Because now you can press your navigation. It tells you how many hours, how many minutes, where the rest areas are, the bathrooms, food. You can kind of make a plan and look like you have a plan made together. You know what I'm saying? But the incredible thing is it's better to make a plan. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Things go a lot smoother. I want to encourage you maybe to grab one of the prayer guides. Do we have any prayer guides left, Pastor Josh? Uh, we got... What's that? Okay. We're ordering more because all of you are taking them. Thank God. Amen? And, uh, you know, it's like, and I want to encourage you to grab a prayer guide. What we do is we talk about the Lord's Prayer. We talk about tabernacle prayer. We talk about warfare prayer. We give you different examples how to pray for your loved ones, how to pray for civic leaders, how to pray. How, you know, Pastor Bill, how do you pray? You know, one of the things I do in the morning, I get up and I just go, God, thank you. Thank you for a new day. Thank you for a great day. Before I do anything else, I'll go and I'll just spend time. And, I, you know, sometimes I'll have lists of people that I'm praying for. And when I'm praying for those people, I can check it off and see. And, then, and I know I have friends that have, that have dates when, God, when they started praying and when God answered their prayer. 
And then there's other there's situations that I'm praying. There's people that I pray for. I know Miss Shirley sent me a text yesterday, and she was just telling me to pray for some different people, and I just said, I'm praying. You know, and, and it's like I've had people just send me texts, and I know that, that sometimes that people uh, just, you know, why do they do? Well, you're the pastor. You should be praying. Right? You better hope I'm praying. I better not be in the duck blind. Anyway, Lord, let them come down now. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. you got to make a plan. And see, when you bring, when you bring this, it brings, when you do this, it brings so much more meaning with your time with God when you make a plan. You know, it's powerful. See, in Luke, it says like this. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And it's what we talked about two weeks ago. He should begin to share with them the Lord's Prayer. See, the next one has, let me just, this last point that I want to give you, it's, it has, it has the, the most power to change your entire Christian life than any other point. It does. And what I want, to, I want to talk to you about God in three persons. What do you mean, Pastor? It's the Blessed Trinity. It's a pr- prayer. I believe this prayer is not just about a place, a plan, but the persons. What do you mean, Pastor? Each of the persons in the Godhead, there's a Father, there's a Son, and there's a Holy Spirit. Relate, we relate to them in different ways. But I bet some of you have never been taught that they carry different personalities. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The Father carries a different, the Son carries a different, the Holy Spirit carries a different personality. And what happens, we can relate them in different ways. See, your view of God determines your relationship with him. See, when I was a kid, God was kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Yes, who comes in the great hall, the green, the green face, it was mad, they had the fire, of God, you know, of Oz. <laughs> Come on, some of you felt that way. You go kill the wicked witch of the east. Why? You know, courage, you know what I mean? Remember, they needed a brain, a heart, and courage. But if you get God and you get a hold of him, he gives you the brains to think it through. If you get a plan, he gives you the heart to do it, and he gives you the courage to accomplish it. Amen? Amen. But I used to look at it like that, you know what I mean? Remember the flying monkeys? They scared the cheese out of me, man. I mean, I mean, they got special effects nowadays, but, man, that was 1930-something. It scared the whoobies out of me, man. I mean, mom would pray. I didn't pray, but mom would pray for me. Mom, I let my brother sleep in my bed with me that night, you know what I mean? Because when I was a kid, every year, we didn't have 30 channels. We had, like, three, two or three channels. And Wizard of Oz came on once a year. Y'all remember that? Once a year. And, man, you were just like, ah, ah. And I remember, I don't want to watch the monkeys. But some of us think God's, and that's how some of us picture God. God's mad at us. He's got a bad disposition. Go get the witch of the West. Unless I did something. See, I thought I had to go do something in order to be on God's good side. How many am I talking about? It was works. It's what I did. But the incredible thing is, it's, a, it's an honor today to introduce you to the Godhead today. Because, see, the, the, number four is it's the persons of prayer. You see, 
This is Paul's ending prayer in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It says this, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. See, the first thing I want to talk to you about in the order, it's the amazing grace of Jesus. What do you mean, Pastor? Jesus is carrying your prayers to God the Father. God is the me- Jesus, Jesus is the mediator between God and you. He's, he's the connector. He's connecting us. What do you mean? Jesus is talking to the Father about you. And Father, you know what? He's struggling with this, and I know what that's like. I was there. I know what the pressure's like. I know how it is. And he's asking me, and he's blown it again. But, but Father, you know, he's a good man. She's a good lady. She's, he's just connecting. See, look at the prayer. In Hebrews chapter 4, for we, do not, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. How many of you, let me ask you, how many of you got weaknesses? How many of you got junk in the trunk? Come on. All of us have stuff we go through. But here's a, here's a good butt in the Bible. Remember, you've heard me say there's good butts and bad butts. It's where you put your butt. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet without sin, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find what? Grace to help us in our time of need. Every place you hurt and every place you were were tempted, Jesus went through it. So he understands what we think. He understands what we go through. He understands what we're facing. He's the connector. He's the one that gets us together. You remember in junior high school? Were you ever the connector? Hey, he likes you. (laughs) She likes him. Really? We need to get them together. And see, that's what God, Jesus is the connector. He's getting us to the Father. Hey, they're good. Father, they're good. They trust you. He's blown it again, but I know he's going to make it this time. He's the connector. Jesus needed three, 33 years to experience everything you experience. Because if he, listen, why did he stay here 33 years? Because all he had to do was come and die on the cross, and that was it. But he had experience. It took him 33 years to experience everything you and I would experience. He's the connector. Second Corinthians says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. This is his role. When I come to him with my weakness, he gives me grace and strength. When I come to him and go, Father, Jesus, I blew it again. I've struggled with this. Seems like all my life. But I'm just asking you to give me your grace. I need your help. I know, I've tried it in my own strength, I've tried to figure it out, but I need your power and I need your grace and your strength in my life right now because I don't want to live this way, I don't want to keep walking this way. God, I want to please you, so search my heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Then I love the extravagant love of the Father. The real tragedy for many people today is the experience they had with their earthly father. It pollutes their view of who the heavenly father really is. 
really does. God's, God's favorite term is to be called Father. Not Master, not Lord, but Father. You know, in Ephesians it says like this, For this reason I kneel before the Father. See, in the Jewish culture, what we don't understand in our culture, in the Jewish culture, when you walked in the room, wherever your father was, you would go down and you would bow before your father. Your father. And he'd put his hand on you, on your head, and he would bless you and hug you. And I believe there's a lot of male relationships that need to be healed. See, as as a pastor and as a father, and as a father to other campuses and other young men, my, prim- my primary responsibility is to validate men. What does that mean? Call them from being a boy. Look, you can, have, you can shave. You can have hair under your pits. You can, you can get junk out of your belly and act like that's cool. You know, but let me, you know what Rick makes a real man is when he stands, steps up to responsibility, to take on responsibility no matter what. Takes a responsibility to be married to one woman for one lifetime. Takes a responsibility to raise children and tell your children, no, you can't do that. Why? Because you know what? You know what? It can harm you. It teaches your children that they have to take on responsibility. You know? And it's like, I'll just say this. For some of you, some of you men, you need to teach your boys how to work. You ever heard that, that term called sweat? Oh, get them off of this. And tell them to go outside. And they'll learn lessons. See, validation is another man coming to you. Men, I don't talk to you. It's just say, man, you know what? You're going to make it. It's not someone taking advantage of you. It's not something that violates you mentally, physically, or any other way, or spiritually. It's someone that validates you. So you can be, God wants you to be all you can be. And this is how you become it. And not only that, but I'm here to encourage you to step out and be strong. And girls, maybe your daddy didn't win your heart. But let me tell you something. God the Father wants to win your heart. I had a girl one time, if God's like my daddy, I don't want nothing to do with him. It's our view. It's our view who the Father is. And I grew up and I had a great view of of a male figure. Because you know what? My dad, every day of my life that I was around him, he told me he loved me. And he always kissed me on the lips. That's sick. That's gross. But guess what? I still do that to all my children. Sometimes I've seen me kiss Zach or Andrew, and they go, what's, woo? We wouldn't have the perversion if we had the real thing. Are you hearing me? When you have the real thing, you want it. But when you don't understand it, you pervert it. And see, I believe this is for all of us. You know, it's like, you know, it's like with my children. I, you know, I asked Olivia, my only daughter, I have five boys, and I go, Libby, what does daddy do to you every day? She goes, well, <laughs> you tell me you love me. Yes, I do. You tell me I'm cute. You tell me I'm beautiful. Do I kiss you? Yeah, you, you kiss me. Go, you know why? Because you love me. Because you know what? I want her one day 
when she, a guy comes to my door and knocks on the door to ask for permission to take her out to go. You know what? Because I have a friend. His daughter, she's like beautiful. He takes her. He dates his daughter. And in her comment, she goes, I just hope there's a man out there that can treat me as good as my daddy has. Because I, I haven't seen him. I don't know where he is. But one day, I hope I can meet him. And that should be desire of every woman's heart. Amen, women? Amen. And if you didn't have that, can I just say that I'm sorry? I'm sorry. But God loves you. He wants to be the father that you always dreamed of having. He wants to redeem that. He wants to take away that pain, that wound in your heart, because it started as a little girl. And then you look at it from men. And most of those men are the kind of the guy, men that are like dogs that hang around a fire hydrant. Those aren't the guys you need. You need a man that will love you, honor you, respect you, and keep you. Amen? Amen. You know what? I mean, when I became a Christian, I had an example of men. And I can stand up here, and I'll just say it in boldness. I didn't touch my wife anywhere I shouldn't have touched her to the night I got married, and we hadn't stopped. But anyway. (laughs) But before that, listen to me. I want you all to get distracted. Before that, my prime responsibility was to honor God first. Now, did it? Did, did sometimes I was like, man, God, I need help. Help. Because it was my first godly relationship I ever had. Do you understand me? Before that, it was like, ice cream. you love me, you'll, come on, baby. It was kind of like licking ice cream. I like it. But it wasn't it. Can I? I know I'm going off this morning. <laughs> because you know what? I want to go back to that. It's about understanding the heart of the Father. And I'm very passionate about that. Because let me just say, we have too many wimpy men in church. And God wants to raise up godly men. And our responsibility in this house is this, is to raise up men that love God, that fear him, that will love their wives and love their children. And because of that, his wife feels secure, safe, and she can be successful in whatever she does. Amen? And their children can walk around and go, you know what? My mom and daddy, they love God. We don't play church at my house. We are the church. And that's what God wants. But it all starts in the prayer closet. It all starts, in, and just like Miss Kay said, God, search my heart. And, and then letting God just do what he wants to do in your heart. It's not about if you've fallen down. It's about if what you, when you get off your knees is what you do when you get up. Psalm says it like this. He said, the Lord is compassionate. He's talking about the Father. And gracious, slow to anger. Abounding in love. He will not always accurse, nor will be harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as, as, sins, as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad about that one? Man, I'm glad that's in the Bible. That should free a few people up this morning. It says, for, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who what? Fear him. 
Fear him. You know what that word fear doesn't mean afraid. It means those who worship him, those who honor him, those who love him, those who adore him. That's what it's saying. God, I love you. I honor you. I worship you. I, I, God, I adore you as far as the east is from the west. So far as he removed our transgressions from us. As the father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, love him, adore him, worship him. He doesn't treat me like I should be treated. I don't have to beg. Everything I ask God for, I think he wants to give it to me. You understand me? That's his heart. We don't get what we deserve. He treats us better than we think he wants to treat us. The next is the, it's our, it's the intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. What's up with the ghost, Pastor Bubba? I like the first two. Do we have to go to this one? This one kind of seems like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't mind the father. I don't like the son. But that ghost thing, oh, no, Pastor Bubba. What is it? Let me just tell you about the Holy Spirit. See, when the prayer meeting's over or when this service is over, he goes with you. You see, it's one thing coming in here because you carry things sometimes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Are you walking through things? Are you facing things? Are you just here to check us out? Or maybe you're praying, God, is this the place you want us to be? And I encourage you, you need to pray. You need to ask God where he wants you. He doesn't want you to be like a pot plant going from church to church. He wants you. The Bible says those that are, those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. You've got to plant roots. You've got to let God do things in your life. If you're looking for the perfect church, when you walked in, it stopped anyway. (laughs) But what happens is, is that he's more like, okay, let's go live life. You know what Pastor Bubba shared this morning? Let's go live it out. Let's go do it. Let's make it real. You know, it's called, you know, he's called a paraclete. That means someone that comes alongside of you. And helps you and speaks into your life. You see, this is my prayer for you. It's 2 Corinthians. See, the Holy Spirit is the one on your side. He's the one that counsels you. He's the one who comforts you. And he's the one that convicts. You know, sometimes, like you can be praying or you're here in a service and Pastor Josh may be preaching or I may be preaching or someone's here and they're sharing something. You feel that little check inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. He's not, because the Bible says he hadn't given us a spirit of condemnation. You know, bad boy. Woo-hoo. Don't do it again. You know, we think, you know, oh, the Wizard of Oz things come up. You know what he, the Holy Spirit's like? Hey, let's bring it to Jesus. Because his responsibility is to lift up Jesus. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, all people are drawn to the Father. So there's, it's complimentary, all of it. Does that help? Because see, here's my prayer. The amazing grace, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the message version. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Be with all of you. 
Amen? You see, I believe this is that God just wants. It's not just about a place. It's not just having a priority. It's not about a place. It's not just about a plan. It's knowing the person of who God really is. And let me, say, let me just say this. For all of you here today, I encourage you. If you can't be here at 6 or 7, I know Pastor Josh, have we put it on podcasts? Our prayer meetings are on podcasts. You can go back and listen to them. Uh, what we do is the first uh, 10, 15 minutes. All, let me just, if you haven't been here, all we do is encourage you, Pastor Josh or me, just kind of share with you about, encourage you about some things in prayer. Then we take 30 minutes and we pray. And sometimes we pray for each other or we're just praying for needs or cards. And then we get together the last 15 minutes and we just pray for out loud the different needs of what we have going on at the church or what's going on in people's lives. And I encourage you to come. And if you want to, if, if, if you just can't be here, I encourage you at home before you leave. Get up just a little earlier. Just ask God to help you through this. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're speaking to us. Thank you for the mighty miracles that took place this past week. And, Lord, we we open that up to you. God, we want you to do whatever you want to do. You are the pastor in this place. Lord, I may have the title of that. That may be part of my job description, but, but, Lord, you're the pastor. Holy Spirit, just pastor us right now towards Jesus. Pastor us right there. Pastor our hearts. Pastor our minds. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been carrying guilt and shame and you've asked God to search your heart. Please, no one looking around. That, and that, that's because you, you haven't let Jesus take that that you have in your heart to give it to him. You don't have to leave here carrying that today. You can pray and surrender your life to Jesus and invite him to be the Lord of your life. Because that's his great desire. The Holy Spirit, I've heard it say, he's a gentleman. He will ask, but he won't force himself on you. Maybe you have the Holy Spirit just speaking to you right now. And he's tugging on your heartstrings. And he's wanting to open your eyes to let you see. Or maybe your eyes have been open this morning and all of a sudden those scales have fallen off and all of a sudden you've got Jesus' contact lenses and you're starting to see things and your heart's feeling different because you're saying, God, give me a new heart. But you can't get a new heart until you surrender your heart to him first and let him be the priority of your life. If that's you and you say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to trust him today. If that's you, no one looking around, just that's me, Pastor. Would you pray for me? Just raise your hand if that's you this morning. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? About 12 people. Anyone else? Anyone else? God's just speaking to you. Can we all pray this prayer this morning? So, Lord Jesus, say, say it with me. Lord Jesus, I come. Forgive me for my lifestyle. I've lived in sin. I've carried shame. And I've carried guilt. But today, I give my heart to you. I believe you died on the cross for all my sins. You were raised from the dead that I could have power over my sins. Today,
I trust you with all my life, with all my heart. I want to live this day forward 100% loving you the rest of the days of my life.